The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of primetime action here on VSIN. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds in on the desk today. Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. Gil will be back next week. Now, this is uh, our, our favorite segment here. We're going to do some power rankings in a second. But, Kelly, run us through. Is there anything that we're – yeah, okay. Wes is, Wes is winning right now on one of his. Mine doesn't come to a way later tonight, and you don't have anything on the board. So, okay, we'll, we'll see if Wes is winning then. Have yeah, we'll, we'll run through everything. I'll yeah. start with college basketball, though, just to, just to throw uh, Isaiah for a loop downstairs. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Alabama-Florida, 30 seconds left in the first half. Florida up 39-36. Gators, three-and-a-half-point live favorite, 159-and-a-half. Quick on the draw, Von Vrinkel. Well done. Look at that. <laughs> he, got the, well. he, he got the graphic up. He's <laughs> doing well. Michigan State on top of Nebraska, 41-36, to but West still inside the number there. Uh, 18 and a half minutes left to go in that game. If you wanted to get in live, Michigan State, 11-point live favorite, 151 your live total at the half Houston on top of South Florida, 40 to 37 uh, no live numbers up for that. And Mrs. Ole Miss up on Tennessee, 24 to 22, 18 minutes remaining in that game over in the NBA. We have the Sixers on top of the magic 55 to 51 Philly is a eight and a half point live favorite two thirty and a half. your live total. Rockets and Wizards. Wizards with a one-point lead here. 49-48. Two minutes left to go in the first half. Wizards five and a half live and 220 and a half is the total. Hornets on top of the Pistons 62-41. The Hornets 19 and a half point live favorites. 224 and a half the live total. Mavericks with a two-point lead over the Warriors early. This is actually all tied up now. 14 all. Three and a half minutes left to go in the first quarter. Warriors four and a half live and two oh nine and a half is the live total. Celtics on top of the Spurs, thirty to twenty-eight, thirty seconds left to go in the first quarter. Jalen Brown with fourteen of those nice. in the first quarter. Uh Celtics six and a half live and two twenty-six and a half the live total. And Pacers with a one point lead over the Nets early twenty-six to twenty-five. Nets still a live betting favorite of seven and a half points, two thirty-one and a half. Your live total on the ice. Uh, in that game, Kelly, just every, yeah. anyone that's wondering, Kyrie Irving played five minutes so far in the first quarter. He is 0 of 2 from the floor, an assist, and two turnovers. He is being outscored right now by one Lance Stevenson. who makes his first appearance back in Gainbridge Fieldhouse, of course, a former Indiana Pacer. By the way, Lance Stevenson, 4 of 5 shooting, 9 points off the bench for the blue and gold. Uh, over on the ice, uh, point prop, by the way, for uh, – uh, 
for Kyrie tonight. 19 and a half points, as I blanked on his name for a second. 19 and a half. I don't think we hit that in the first segment. So something yeah. to keep an eye out, eye out for us. He's uh, massively trailing in that yes, right now. Yes, yes. He is, he is behind <laughs> pace right now. Uh, on the ice, Oilers and Maple Leafs end of the first period. That is two apiece. Maple Leafs minus 150 live. Oilers plus 127 and a half. Your live total juice to the under. Blues and Penguins scoreless halfway through the first period. Penguins minus 140. Blues plus 110. Six and a half live total. It is power rankings time here on the program and Kelly. Yeah. We're going to read Gills. Yes. We're going to read Gills and then move on. Um, yeah, Gill send them in from afar. Gill will be in to defend them next week um, after this week's play. Cardinals at 10, Bills at 9, um, Bengals at 8. Eight Cowboys at seven, Chiefs at six, Colts at five, Titans at four, Rams at three, Bucks at two, and then Packers at one. So he kept the top three the same. He moved the Titans up three spots to number four, and the Colts stay in the top five despite that loss this past week. The Bills, Bills, Bengals moved down after wins, and then the Chiefs and Cowboys moved down just a little bit after losses. He, he has the same top ten as me. It's just all it's completely jumbled different order. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, like I said, he'll be back next week to 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 defend those. So we'll be able to to debate his um, mine. Starting at number 10, the 49ers jump into the top 10 after being not ranked. 49ers, um, look, you eventually you have to just start looking at what these teams are being able to accomplish on the field. 49ers, big game this week. It is, um, looks like it's they're going to try to go Jimmy Garoppolo. Apparently he practiced today and... Uh, and the word is, according to Adam Schefter, that uh, he, he he thinks he's going to try to give it a go. So we, we shall see there. Number nine, the Titans, they move into the number nine spot here. This Titans team, if you look now at this point, where they sit, they are a, a big favorite this week. And then by the time they play another meaningful game, they should be pretty close to full strength. That offensive line being back to full strength. Derrick Henry will be back at least in some capacity. I doubt that he's coming coming back in in playoff game number one and going to get his typical 30 carries, but he'll, he'll, he'll be back in some form or fashion. And then of course that would be a couple of weeks for, for Julio Jones to kind of rest up his hamstring that has been really bothering him over the last, over the last, you know, month of the season as well. So Titans in at nine Cowboys down to number eight, this offense. So incredibly, incredibly frustrating to watch with all that talent Dak and him uh, being so incredibly, uh, errant with these throws and stuff. It's just, it's frustrating for that cap for that Cowboys team. Defense travels. Defense has been really, really good, but that offense isn't going to be able to score bucks. This is an injury thing. And the, the bucks have to fall. I mean, you, you look at that, they, a miracle win this past week in, in order to, uh, in order for Tom Brady to even be in this MVP discussion that we just had a couple of segments ago, but man, it's just, it's, it's going to be rough without Godwin out there. He was really the thing that made that offense move. He was the guy that was the chain mover. He was the guy that was able to kind of run all the routes and, and do everything for them. And so I, I don't have a lot of faith in this Bucks team, especially now that Antonio, Antonio Brown's gone. So it's just the Mike Evans show and Mike Evans dealing with a hamstring thing that he's been dealing with. So uh, Bengals move up to number six. I've been on this team all year. Um, 
look, I understand offensive line is a serious concern. It's going to be a concern in the playoffs. It's probably going to end up costing them whenever they end up losing. But uh, for now, they're getting it done on the field. And so they move up to number six. Cardinals, the biggest movers of the week, up to number five. Because, again, the time the, by the time the Cardinals play, I assume – I assume that, um, you know, they're going to be at least somewhat scoreboard watching this week, at least somewhat conservative this week with that team. So by the time I think that they play another meaningful game, they should have DeAndre Hopkins back out on the field. They should have James Conner back out on the field. They should have Chase, a healthier Chase Edmonds back out on the field. This team should be looking a little bit more like the Cardinals we saw towards the beginning of the season. Uh, Rams fall a spot. They are still sitting there at four. I think they kind of lucked into that win this past week. The Bills move up a spot to three. Chiefs at two, they do fall out of the one spot for me. And the Packers can't really question it anymore. They just continue to go out, get it done. Packers at number one for me. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you at the top there, at least once we get to mine. Okay, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll hit mine quick here. Uh, Colts uh, come in at number 10. Uh, I dropped them two spots. They're still trying to figure out who to put in this 10 spot. They almost did what you did, man, and put the Niners there. But uh, I still got the Colts there. Uh, to me, this team's always kind of been. They're the same team to me. Right. Yeah. I hate the quarterback situation for both. Yep. And and they have to run effectively to win. And it's, Yeah, I mean, they're the same team to me. It could have been either one of those. But, yeah, I, I don't like either one of them. But they have one of the two have to be there. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, something we might do later this week of, like, teams you trust the most in the mm-hmm. playoffs. This would, this would be um, one of the teams I trust. <laughs> the least that's yeah. for sure um titans up to number nine and listen i have no problems if you want to put this team even higher right now i mean i think this you know kind of the conversation i i, I really struggled this week like one through four were easy for me and I kind of knew the teams I was going to put five through eight, nine. But I think you could put this order any way you want it when it comes to Cowboys, Bucks, Bengals, Cardinals, Titans. I mean, I think it, Titans are going to be healthier. We, we know that. The Cardinals are going to be healthier like you just laid out. And I do. I, I think it's too early to write this team off completely. Um, so I have them nine, eight. But if the, if you if you had them any higher, I would, would not push back at all. Bengals in at seven this week. Uh, kept them right where they were. Buccaneers in at six for me. Uh, and Cowboys come in at five. They were my top-ranked team last week, so they do drop four spots. Um, those teams, I think those all those teams are still live, five through nine, really are live in the playoffs to me. But it's just the team, I think there's a big difference between that top four as far as confidence level and then those teams I have five through nine. And the top four, I think they're coming in in form, looking pretty good. Rams, yeah, bear, you know, escape with that, that win last week. Didn't look very impressive. The Chiefs did lose on the road, but still I've got more, more confidence in these top four when it comes to Bills, Rams, Chiefs, Packers, all of them move up a spot this week for me uh, as the Cowboys fall. So up number, up a spot, one apiece, Packers, number one team in my power rankings this week. Okay, I'll go ahead and uh, start with the bottom on mine, and that will be New England at 10. I still think this is a very good defense, and it's obviously mm-hmm. a very well-coached team, but if you look, they got kind of fat and happy in the middle part of the season against very suspect competition and against teams that were absolutely banged up like Cleveland and Tennessee. Last two teams going to Indianapolis and then Buffalo at home, lost them both. Number nine, Tennessee. Tennessee uh, had the most players on injured reserve all season, but 
I was reading in my research of this team, they would be, if they clinched that number one seed at Houston, the worst DVOA team yeah. in history to be the number one seed. So Tennessee at nine, Arizona eight, very good on the road, not so good at home. Kingsbury four and 10 overall as a home favorite in his career. Colts number seven. This is a team that's nine and seven that could be very easily 12 and four. The quarterback situation, I think at least this weekend, held them back. Dallas at number six. Uh, have everything, but they are kind of head scratching and they will throw some clunkers in there. The Bills at five. Bills, by the way, this year, 0 and 5 in one score games. So they have had some kind of rotten luck. I think they're better than a lot of their power rankings. Buccaneers four, Rams three, Chiefs two, and the Packers. You kind of have to by default rate them number one right now. Yeah, we uh, when we come back on the other side here, we're gonna we'll we'll go through these again and, and kind of give our thoughts a little bit further on teams that we have in, teams that we have out. I mean, there are you know Wes and and Kelly both have in the Colts. I don't. Wes has in the Patriots. That's another one of those teams that's pretty interesting for us to debate. Kind of talk about what we think about that team moving forward as they move into the playoffs as well. Power rankings on the other side when we come back here on primetime action. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're going to continue to debate our power rankings here on primetime action. That being said, we we got to give it up here. Lance Stevenson. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy scored more points tonight than he did all, all, all the last two seasons combined. Yeah, he is born ready for a reason. By the way, did beat the first quarter at the buzzer. 22 points, 9 of 11 shooting, came off the bench and uh, got a standing ovation. Obviously, the Indianapolis crowd loves Lance Stevenson and always a guy that played hard. Always a guy that kept it really interesting, too, uh, in terms of uh, some of the antics on the court. But nevertheless, 22 points already for Lance Stevenson. So uh, Indiana Pacers currently up 43-37, just about two minutes into the second quarter. I mean, right, right now, it's 22 for Lance Stevenson and 21 for the rest of the Pacers combined. This is, this is incredible. That, this I is think that's Lance a good quarter. Ste- yeah. This hey, is Lance Stevenson. He, he, was, uh, he was born ready. He doesn't get ready. He <laughs> stays ready, Kelly. Um, Ryan Rosillo tweets, Ben Simmons for Lance Stevenson, who says no. <laughs> so, uh, as, a little, as a little joke there. But honestly, that has just been absolutely absurd. Um, we get through the first quarter down here in the Warriors and Mavericks game, 21 all at the end of the first quarter. Guys, the uh, the Warriors 0 for 6 from downtown. 
the Mavericks were one of 10 from downtown. You got to watch a one for 16 three-point uh, quarter in the first uh, quarter. Clearly, clearly, Dirk messed with those rims then on his uh, you know re- jersey retirement night, right? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. like, nobody's showing me up. Like, no <laughs> one's having like a massive game tonight. Like, yeah. that's not happening. And by the way, back to Lance Stevenson really quick. That is actually a Pacers franchise record for most points in a first quarter. For a guy that came off the bench, <laughs> starter or not, yeah. most first points. I mean, look. The Pacers have had some pretty darn good scores like your Reggie Millers and your Paul Georges and then going all the way back to the ABA days. But that record now held by Lance Stevenson. Yeah, I think a, he did it in seven minutes, they said. That is a, a trivia question, an answer to a trivia question you will never get starting yes. like three months from now. You yeah. won't even remember this like a two months from now. Here's the answer to the question nobody asked, but <laughs> yeah. I gave it to you anyway. Yeah, it'll be it, the three of us will know. Because that'll be like a weird fact that gets stuck in the back. No, of I'll our forget. I'll no forget it in two months. You, you could be like two months from now. You'd be like Kelly, who holds the Pacers' first quarter record for points? I'd be like, I don't know, Reggie Miller. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try that. Actually, I'll, I'm gonna write, leave myself a there reminder. Yeah, in my phone, to ask you two months from now. All right, let's revisit these these power rankings because there was some interesting differences here. If you, if you want to pull mine back up, I, I was the only one to have the 49ers in mind. And listen, I did it very reluctantly, right? I mean, I did it very hesitantly. They come in at 10, so it was the bottom team in the top 10 rankings for me. But but did put the 49ers in there because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're playing for themselves to get in the playoffs this week. When they are ahead... They're a pretty good team. They're kind of a bully team. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're a team that is a, certainly a front runner. I would never want to back this 49ers team for having to come back in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, as a front runner with a power running team that really they have to become because Jimmy Garoppolo is not any good is, is you know, they're, they're I think they're a pretty good front runner now. Playing from behind is a completely different story for them. What do you think of the just the 49ers overall in general? One, do you think they even have a chance this week to, to get into the playoffs? And then, and then two, this whole Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, should he start this week? Should he not start mm-hmm. this week? Should they go with Trey Lance? What do you think of that situation? Yeah, and I had the 49ers 11. Uh, yeah. They did not make my top 10. Mm-hmm. But this is a team that, you know, I do kind of like and I think, you know, often has potential. But it's always the injuries with this team. I do think that they have a shot. I would bet it at four mm-hmm. and a half or five if you can find it out there. I know some early supporters come for the Niners. Obviously, you want Jimmy G rather than Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is still very much a work in progress. Uh, look, can make a spectacular play, but if he would have been ready, he would have been playing, I think, already. So you look at the Niners, I think getting Kittle back was an absolute mm-hmm. key for them. He pretty much won them that game in Cincinnati yeah. a few weeks ago where they won in overtime. Debo Samuel, I think, has been a revelation running the football, kind of not only on those end of rounds, but just giving him the ball and adding, I, I think, to uh, a very good 49ers running game when it's healthy, when Elijah Mitchell is playing mm-hmm. and whatnot. The concern for the 49ers, and it's something I've seen all year, they actually lead the league in pass interference penalties all season long. If you remember mm-hmm. that Colts game on Sunday where it was kind of cold and windy, yeah. Carson Wentz was just throwing them up yeah. there, and they were getting flagged yeah. like every yeah. single Secondary time. Secondary is terrible for them, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And that's what you worry about a little bit with this team. Now, I think they're getting support this weekend against the Rams, not only because of the playoff scenarios mm-hmm. and whatnot, but because the 49ers kind of had Sean McVay's number mm-hmm. ever since he's became the coach of the Rams. It's kind of like Seattle has uh, San Francisco's number, and the Rams have Seattle's number, yeah. but – 
the 49ers have absolutely have the Rams number. Uh, I, I hope for their sake that Jimmy G is going to play this week, but that's why I think you've seen a little bit of the droppage in the line. Kelly, I know we only do top 10. If you would have done 11 and 12. Well, I'm gonna, you, you go first. I was going to already ask you that. Yeah, well, who's your 11-12 this week? 11-12 for me would have been Patriots-Colts. 11-12. Okay. I, 49ers would have been 11 for me. I think I probably would have gone. I think I probably would have gone. Now, nah, I would have to go Patriots above Chargers. Yeah. Chargers, I, I can't get them out of my head, though, because I think they're like the, of all those teams that we're talking about, they still have the highest they have the highest ceiling, but they have the yeah. lowest floor. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's where it's it's tough because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll attract you with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's it's we've been saying this, you know, basically all year about this. It's, it's the team with the wide, widest range of outcomes because the style of football that they play, going for all those fourth downs, if they're running on the right side of variance and they're making all the fourth downs, they're going to crush you. And if they're not, then they're probably going to lose and they're going to lose by a lot. It's just the the style that they've adopted. That's they're They're comfortable playing that way. And that's why I do think if they get into the playoffs, they're at least mildly intriguing and at least scary for a team to yeah. play because if they are running on the right side of variance and all those calls that they make, like you're going to get beat even if you play a good game because it's just like they are keeping possession of the ball by moving it on fourth down over and over and over again or scoring touchdowns on fourth down over and over and over again. And even if you play a good game, it's, it's tough to beat yeah, them when everything's yeah. going their way. To- totally. I, I, think they are, I think they are one of the last teams that any AFC team is going to want to see in the playoffs. I, I, I'll tell you, Matt, like this process has been interesting doing this all year long. And this was really like the first week I felt like I was able to separate mine into like three tiers. Like it was really like, okay, Packers Chiefs are one, two to me. And they're like, to me, there's not really that team that I can even justify in the same realm as them at the top. And then it was kind of like, okay, Rams, Bills, Cowboys, probably in that next tier for me. And then it was like Bucks, Bengals, and I'll even include the Cowboys in this. You could say, for for me at least, Cowboys, Bucks, Cardinals, Titans, those four teams because I don't know if I believe in the Bengals all that much. Like, this has been fun watching them. I, I do think that they're another team that can be very dangerous in the AFC, and I, nobody's going to want to see them. But the, I, the problem is, is they're going to they're going to have a critical third down, and Burrow's going to get destroyed right. because it's that offensive line can't block yeah. or whatever. It's just like yeah. he's going to have no yeah. time to do. And with. that's why you know I was the only one here mm-hmm. that did not have them necessarily in my top ten, and I was thinking okay, you know, am I underestimating these guys? Because, look, Joe Burrow has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Chase, probably at this point, the market of switch is mm-hmm. going to win the rookie of the year. We'll see if he's going to play mm-hmm. this weekend, by the way. But what I worry about with the Bengals is that offensive line mm-hmm. a little bit and also the fact that even though they impressed me and I had them against the Chiefs last week and they got that win, can they beat the elite teams or are they kind of the beneficiary of a battle of attrition in that AFC South? Because mm-hmm. if you look at that the Baltimore Ravens have had all kind of injuries this year they they I mean they're having to pull people out of stands to play secondary they've had so many guys out Pittsburgh we know that they have a championship level defense but such an anemic offense obviously hopefully this is the end for Ben Roethlisberger what we saw on Monday night you know at least his last home game at Heinz Field because that offense has been anemic and then you look at the Cleveland Browns they've had all kind of injuries Baker Mayfield I don't think has been right for several weeks now they've had a lot of COVID concerns, a lot of offensive line injuries. So I kind of think with Cincinnati, a lot of what they have done this year is just 
kind of had been able to keep it all together, really. Not, yeah. not necessarily just going out and grabbing the division by the throat. I think they're just the last man standing in a battle of attrition. Yeah, and I'm not taking anything away from that win on them this past week. Um, that being said, look, the one of the one of the offensive tackles for the Chiefs gets hurt in pregame, and then the other gets hurt on the second series of the game. Like so, they lose both their starting tackles in the first in the first five minutes of the game, and now you have a, a, an offensive line that you just mm-hmm. have to patchwork together, you know. And then you saw there was just some there was some clunkiness from from Mahomes and from that offense and from yeah. the offensive line from that, that point forward. I'm taking nothing away from the win. No, they went no, out and they won you. the game. They scored a ton of points on a defense that had been playing pretty well for that Chiefs team. Nothing away from them. But again, it's just the Chiefs. Had to throw guys out there that and weren't expected to be playing. And it's hard to, it's just hard to envision the Bengals going on that type of run that they would need to go on to, you know, to win a Super Bowl. But I, I like I think for me, like Cowboys, Bucks, Cardinals, Titans, I think you could put all in one little group where it's hey, if these guys, any of these teams show up a bit healthier than we than we are kind of expecting at this point and look better because of that, I think they're right back in with the fight with kind of those top, the teams at least at the top of my rankings. I mean, you talked about some of the guys the Cardinals could get back. We're seeing these guys the Titans are going to get back. You know, how are the Bucks and Cowboys going to look, how they've looked the past couple of weeks? I think it could be interesting with any of those teams. I, I'm glad that you, you brought – because there's <laughs> – we're having such a good debate, we didn't even get to three other teams that I want to talk about. So, l- listen, we're going to bleed this in to next segment yet again. Because I do want to talk about what, like, what is the ceiling for a team like the Patriots? What's the ceiling mm-hmm. for a team like the Cardinals? What is the ceiling for a team like the Colts whenever we're talking about this and looking as these teams roll into the playoffs? And would you be willing to bet on these teams to make it all the way? We're continuing on, Kelly. I don't care. Primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure and visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, over, under, and against the spread. Bets, betting splits, another way. The VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. This one is not endorsed fully by Kelly Bidlin. See where the tickets and money are? Yeah. I mean, but it's not it's, fully endorsed by you. Mm-hmm. fully endorse the prop tracker. Yeah, that's, that's right. I do. Yes. I use that almost every day. You're right. Yes. That's the one that you, that's the one that you are getting a kickback on because you've just endorsed it so much. Kickback on, yeah. yeah. That's how it works. The money's here. rolling in around here, Bedlin. <laughs> um, all right, so I, I did. Let's so let's talk about three three other teams here that are pretty interesting teams as far as like what you know what is the ceiling for these three teams? What do we think about these teams as they move in the playoffs? And would we be looking to you know fade bet on whatever it might be? The Colts being the first one for me, and like, this is a team that I've you know, probably been down on more than just about anyone over the course of the season. In both of y'all's, not in mine, I have a hard time backing the Colts with Carson Wentz at quarterback. It's just very, very tough for me when you're winning games where he's only completing, you know, 46% of his passes and stuff like that. And it's, it's basically you have to ride the hot hand of Jonathan Taylor. And if he can't get it done, if you need Carson Wentz to make you five throws a game, then good luck. You know, I mean, he might make you one, but if you need five out of him, uh, it's just tough for me to get with this Colts team. So, Wes, I think you had them the highest of us. Look, I like the defense. Obviously, I like the offensive line. And I like the run game. The problem is I think once we get to the playoffs, I mean, it, eventually I think he's going to have to, you know, do something, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's going to be a team that finally says, all right, we're just going to stack this box. We are going to 
play, you know, we are going to play our corners against, and Pittman's a fine receiver, don't get me wrong, and T.Y. Hilton, I think, is on the wrong side of 30, and so, but but still a capable receiver. But I don't think any team's going to be too incredibly scared to to play some man and just and load up the box and say, all right, Carson Wentz, if you can get it done, more power to you. No, and I, and I think, I don't think you're wrong there. I think that this kind of is a team that has a lot of variance more mm-hmm. so than maybe other teams. I had them seventh. I think actually Gil had them in the top five, but when you look at the Colts, they started out 0-3. They kind of started how I thought that they were going to start. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to struggle a little bit. Okay, new coordinator, new quarterback, obviously, in Carson Wentz, and the fact that Wentz was was hurt at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Quentin Nelson was hurt over the summer. So I was like, okay, this is going to be tough for them to overcome. They lost at home to Seattle. They lost at home to the Rams, and they lost at Tennessee. But ever since then, I think they've been a pretty consistent team. And you look, there's probably three games you could argue that they should have won. Remember, they blew that game on Monday Night Football in Baltimore where they had a big lead in the third quarter. They had a two-touchdown lead very early on Tennessee. And you mentioned Michael Pittman. Frank Wright goes for it on fourth down, kind of in that no man's land, going for that kill shot against Tennessee in the payback game. Michael Pittman loses it. The roof is open at Lucas Oil Stadium. Michael Pittman just loses it in the sun. And that really kind of turned the tide for Tennessee. And I think the Colts actually got a turnover. And then their defender blows out his knee on the return, fumbles the ball, gives it back to Tennessee. So they lost that game. They should have won. And they also, I think, you know, had Tampa Bay down double digits at halftime, couldn't finish the deal. And then you saw last week was kind of a little bit of, I think, a flat spot, really winning it, winning against Arizona. I know you hate the term spot. I forgot to uh, <laughs> say that, but uh, a tough situation, I guess yeah. we'll say, because the, the game against Arizona, you remember they went in there and won without four offensive line starters, essentially playing guys from the practice squad. Darius Leonard missed the game due to COVID-19. And this is a team, look, they have seven pro bowlers and they're all really deserving when you break down their seasons, even though Kenny Moore had a tough time with Hunter Renfro on Sunday. But nevertheless, this team, I think, you know, they can force turnovers. Now, you worry about a team, though, do they live too much off the turnover? And sometimes that turnover luck can work against you in both ways. But I think your criticism of Wentz is fair. But I do think this is one of the best offensive lines in football when healthy. I think the defense has guys that can make plays. Darius Leonard, Quiddy Pay, the first-round pick out of Michigan, is starting to come along as a pass rusher. DeForest Buckner, I think, has been Mr. Consistent and really the leader of the defense all season. And so it'll be interesting to see who the Colts get because they're more than likely going to be on the road, either in that six, three or that five, four matchup, maybe going to Buffalo, perhaps going to uh, uh, the third seed, maybe, maybe at Cincinnati, I would still favor the Colts over Cincinnati. I think they may end up being a small road favorite there. I think they'll still be a small dog at Buffalo though. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I kind of look at them along the same lines as me looking at the 49ers. Like I mentioned, I mean, it's, it's a team here. It, there's, there's differences Two, when it comes to, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of the team, obviously, like I think that the 49ers obviously have way better playmakers at the receiver position and at the tight end position as compared to to the Colts. But it's it's two teams that I think are, are really good if they're running the ball well and can bully the other teams. But if you find themselves in, in, in situations where they need to kind of come back and they need to really get something done through the pass game, I just don't have a ton of, uh, of confidence that is going to be able to really get done. I mean, Carson Wentz this past week, 16 of 27 for 148, and 45 of those came on what should have been a pick that doinked off a two Raiders uh, receiver. Uh, d- d- defenders, in the back yeah, of the defenders zone, yeah. and actually ends up being a touchdown for him uh, in that game. And so it was just a... 
it's one of those things that, you know, look, I, I like everything about the makeup of this team. And if it wasn't Carson Wentz under center, I think I would be very, very high on this Colts team. It's just really tough for for me to get there. Kelly, it's weird on the Cardinals because this is a team that you at one point had number one overall. And now I'm the highest on them in the race. <laughs> and you're and you're the, you know, I think the lowest on them or something. What What is it about the Cardinals team now to where you were? You're not as as high on them now as you were whenever you, you know, had them at one before anyone did it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. It's one thing that I think that the clear difference in our power rankings this week, and you kind of explained it while you were going through yours, is more the the expectation of them getting those guys back. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the, it, yeah, I think they're going to get get those guys back and they probably belong in that top five. But I guess wait until they are kind of back and I know for sure they're going to be back. Because I think the big difference, you know, it wasn't even when the when losses started to pile up. It was it was really as soon as DeAndre Hopkins went out where you could, mm-hmm. it, this offense completely changed, right? I mean, it was, I, when all those guys are healthy, this is one of the most powerful offenses in the NFL, most unstoppable as far as all the things they can throw at you as far as Kyler Murray's ability to run the inside-outside running they have with James Conner and Chase Edmonds, and then the receive, the receiving depth. And, and I, I mean, A, the depth's not there with DeAndre Hopkins and the type of player he is. It's hard to match. So I think that, that's yeah. really the only difference between me and you. And, and what's a team like the, the Cardinals is one of those classic deals of the box score or the stats don't always – say exactly what's going on mm-hmm. here because I had a lot of people who were talking about yeah you know you talk about DeAndre Hopkins being out but it's I mean look he's only got XXXX he draws so much right. attention from the right. defense out there that it changes the way that this offense can function because hey if you have so much attention focused on one guy they do have enough talent in those other guys in Kirk and Moore and Ertz now mm-hmm. and, and whatever to to be able to run a really good you know balanced type of offense or whatever and especially when when Kyler Murray is, is mobile and he's healthy and, and things like that. So, yes, the counting stats on DeAndre Hopkins this year are not blowing you away. And you can sit here and say, like, well, I mean, I don't think he's he, he's mattered all that much. But, mm-hmm. no, I mean, he, he, he does because they have to account for that guy. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it has made a difference, yeah. I think, in this offense. But one of the things when I watched the Cardinals, and I'm not just going to focus on the Colts game, even though I think that's mm-hmm. where it was the most glaring. This team has a tendency to beat itself. Mm -hmm. This team makes so many pre-snap mistakes and false starts and, you know, just dumb penalties at the time. Sometimes it's like you feel like Cliff is a little bit overmatched there. It's like this team just doesn't have the discipline that I think you're looking for. Maybe because they're kind of new to the party and they're a young team. But that is what concerns me with this team more more than anything. And I mentioned those home road splits. At home, Cliff King's very not so good as a home favorite on the road they're absolutely road warriors they're like the old tag team hawk and animal they go get it done i played them last week against dallas and that was more kind of a fade of dallas i thought was kind of priced to the moon in that situation off that big sunday night win over washington but that's kind of what holds me back a little bit on the cardinals now i still think i put them eighth because Mm. they have a quarterback that can be a playmaker and keep plays alive but ever since hopkins is not there you feel like his safety valve is gone so outside of these teams that we have in our top four or five guys like do we do we think that that you know long term here any of these other teams that we kind of have in that bottom five of us like do you do you feel confident in any of those teams or is it is is it just like the top is is so top heavy right now that it's just it's tough to get there with yeah I don't think there's like one clear great team Mm -hmm. like dominant team in this league right now but 
you know, the Colts, but but I mean, a team like that could maybe get on a run at yeah. eighteen to one, or the Patriots. One mm-hmm. thing about the Patriots, even though I've knocked them down to number ten, they still have the number one scoring defense in the league. They're still third overall in all in yards allowed. A defense sometimes can carry a team, but mm-hmm. if I was looking down the board, maybe take a shot at the Colts. But I think that pecking order is pretty well defined. At yeah, the top. yeah, it seems like it is. It's it's pretty kind of honed in, really, at this point. The one thing you did mention, and, and you know, all of us with with the Packers and stuff. So if anything, this Packers team should be getting. You know, Bakhtiari is going to be coming back. Jair Alexander got activated as well. He's going to be back at some point. If not, if probably hold both of those guys out until right. the first week of the playoffs. There's no reason to play them this week. But you know, now you're getting stud offensive linemen back. Stud cornerback, mm-hmm. and so that changes even the dynamic of this Packers team. That again has almost look has almost looked like you know invincible here of late, except when Jordan Love is, is under center. So, guys, it's golf season. We're going to talk about just some general golf betting discussion here when we come back because I know you guys are going to get in on all of this with us. Primetime action here on Visa. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action here on VSIN, Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. Um, Wes, we do have three college basketball games. Wanted to get just some quick thoughts. We got Creighton Villanova, Texas Tech, Iowa State, and, and, and Carolina Notre Dame. Any, any thoughts on those three? Yeah, Creighton Nova is about to tip off, by mm-hmm. the way. This is the second time they will meet. They did go ahead and play in December. It was all Creighton there in Omaha, 79 to 59. Villanova has played a pretty tough schedule, but since their loss at Creighton, uh, consecutive wins over ranked opponents beat Xavier, beat Seton Hall. So, Looking for a little bit of payback here. Villanova is not a team that has really shot the ball very well this year. They just haven't been forced. You know, you can force them to make jump shots, and they haven't been able to do so. I would kind of lean to them in this spot at this standpoint over Creighton. Ten and a half is kind of a big price here, but that'd be my lean, and that's about to tip off here momentarily. And then the Iowa State-Texas Tech has had a big move because I believe Texas Tech only seven scholarship players tonight. So that's why you've seen that move from the Cyclones to minus one to about five and a half in the market right now. So we do have, listen, we, we talked about golf starting back up. And now this isn't a typical golf tournament to kick the season off here. And this isn't one that, you know, if it would be anything like the majority of the tournaments that we're going to be talking about throughout the rest of the year that, that Wes and Brady are going to be talking about on long shots, anything like that. But listen, it is, I think it's a pretty good time for us, especially now as we head into the first real tournament next week that we'll all be looking into really, really, really in depth and and having a a bigger betting card 
is just kind of some general golf betting discussion here because the, the three of us have been doing it, you know, you know, last year for Kelly, I know, I think it was your first super heavy golf betting season last year. Yeah, I mean, I've been betting golf for years, but yeah, yeah I would say last season it was notched up to a level that it mm. never has been for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's been one of the, one of the better, you know, avenues of, of, of profit for me over the last few years and certainly for, for Wes as well. And just kind of like some different little things that we look for that if you want to start to get in on this, it's, and it's a niche market. And the one of the things that we talk about all the time, and though we did have one book step up to the plate here in Vegas this week. So hopefully that continues. Give him a shout out. That Thank continue. you, Boyd. Yes, yes, that continues on. Thank you, Boyd, for actually putting out a real real golf market here. But we, we talk all the time that, you know, you rest of country people out there outside of Nevada, I mean, the the golf betting markets you're able to bet into, it is it is just it's something of legend here for us. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not, I mean, mm-hmm. Wes, you see it. I mean, we, we look at what's available at, at DraftKings and the rest of these books and stuff. And, you know, taking advantage of all of these markets is a way to really and truly look and and, and keep a bankroll, a steady flow mm-hmm. of money coming into your bankroll. Whereas I think a lot of people in the past, and, and I get it because, look, here in Nevada, I mean, we, we have very limited menus and stuff. Like betting outrights for the longest time was almost all we had to bet. And then like there's been some expansion and stuff like that. But, you know, if you just bet outright, you're gonna you're gonna lose. Most likely, right. you're gonna lose over the course of a season, right? But if you can bet these, you know, DraftKings are top forty market. You know, top forties, top thirties, top twenties, top tens, top fives, top this, top that. You know, the head to heads, the groupings, the things like that. I mean, first and foremost, that would be my biggest tip for people is to look outside of just the outright market because that's how you can keep your bankroll, your golf bankroll steady. No, I think you're absolutely right. Top fives, top tens, top twenties, because we do not have what is called each way betting Mm. here in the States. It's used a lot in the European markets. Like if you're ever doing research and look at some of the good tipsters out there on the internet, it'll be like 66 to one EW. Mm -hmm. And that EW means each way. That means half of your bet goes on the outright win. And the other half of your bet goes on depending on how many places that book is going to offer it might be five places Mm -hmm. it might be six seven or eight so half of your bet like let's say your guy finishes six well you're getting half of your bet on a payout at odds and then obviously you Mm -hmm. got a chop based on how many are going to play so that's still a way to make money but they don't offer it out here and they should have been offering it out here for years and it's ridiculous that they don't but if you can't get involved that way then you do the top fives top tens and and those of the like where it's like okay if if you're not dead to an outright winner because sometimes you get like second itis yeah. you get runner-up itis where it's like ah, i almost had him you know and he bogeyed 18 or something like that and you'll go on that little bit of run that bridesmaid run well it allows you if you're splitting a little bit on your outright and then you're splitting a little bit on top five or top ten where you can still make money it might not be mm-hmm. the huge score of some, right. hitting something like a 70 or an 80 to one that we all want to hit but still it's steady money coming in so that way i would look at it and then for some of the bigger tournaments, I know there's like nationality markets, mm-hmm. you know, low European, low South American, low amateur that you get a lot of those offered. And you're starting to see, I think, more of that, Matt. And I think that that's a very good thing other than your kind of boilerplate tournament matchups yep. and then just your outright markets. And, and Kelly, listen, this is one of the things that, that we tried to drive home last year. And I know that we've got new listeners, new viewers this year. It's like it's not as sexy, right? I mean, it, it's, sure. it's 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 not as sexy like you golf if you're going to bet golf you 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 got to grind it between your outright hits right and that's the thing it's like it's because if you only play outrights you can go 
you can go stretches where, like, like Wes just mentioned, like, you get close and you still don't get there, yeah. right? I mean, your guy is second, your guy is third. You just can't hit that outright. And if you're only betting those markets, your ROI is zero every single time. Every single time, it's just a drain, 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 drain. And it's not as sexy to bet a matchup at minus 110 or minus 120 that you like or, you know, just a plus 105 on a guy. Or it's not as sexy to have a top 20 on a guy that's only paying you plus 110 or plus 140. But that's how you keep your bankroll for, the you know, mm-hmm. when you hit every, yeah. you know, uh, You'll, you will eventually hit an outright, and and then that that then that that is instead of just making up for all your losses over the course of the season, now you're you're in you're in a profit. Yeah, and that was I mean that was definitely the biggest difference in 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 my betting last year as opposed to years past is playing more of these top ten, top twenty markets. You know, splashing in some matchups. I don't play as many of those, but the that, that's how you survive those weeks in between, right, man? Mm-hmm. It is. It might be a grind to. It might be a grind to break even in a tournament, but that's fine if that keeps your bankroll going till you hit that nice outright. And I think, you know, for for people that, you could say, okay, well, you guys are going on about these top ten, top twenty markets. Wait. Think about the difference where if you were betting a baseball game and you shop, right. you shopped around and you're looking at money lines, let's say you looked at a money line that's plus 120 at one book, plus 180 at another one, and plus 230 at another one, you'd be falling off your chair running mm-hmm. to bet that plus 230. But that's what the golf betting marketplace is like right now in these kind of markets. Where you're looking, if you're price shopping for top 10, top 20, mm-hmm. you will see differences like that on single golfers between different books. So that's where I think it's a massive advantage where one book has in Priced that way, and one price, one book hasn't priced almost double the odds. You're getting inherent mm-hmm. value on almost every one of those bets. Yeah, and that's a great point you bring up, Kelly, because it's like if you hit a three dollar dog in like baseball or something, <laughs> you're, you're like, doing oh my yeah. god, I can't <laughs> believe I, yeah. you know, I, I beat Max Scherzer <laughs> when he's like a four dollar favorite or something. But in golf, it's like, oh, it's only a three to one. <laughs> you know, I didn't hit the big bomb or whatnot. So money is money yeah. here. You know, like if you get a price horse in horse racing four or five to one. And you have like a guy that might be a hundred to one that you get like six mm-hmm. or seven to one to finish like top ten or something like that. The money is the same yeah. here. I mean, yes. so you got to treat it like that, not be so disappointed. Because I used to get disappointed. I'm like, you know, I'm getting all these guys. I'm peppering the leaderboard, and I don't get, I don't get the winner last year. It happened to me at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, where I had, I believe, two of the three guys in the playoff, and the guy I didn't have was the guy that won. That was Cam Davis uh, from Australia. Now I was able to hedge out a little bit, and also another way to use that is in play wagering. Yeah. Look for your markets. I know, I believe DraftKings mm-hmm. is one of those. That offer in-play wagering some others as well you can go ahead and hedge and they keep these up now when you get to like the 18th hole and a guy's got a three-shot lead they'll either take (laughs) it off the board or he's like minus (laughs) 10,000 you know don't get in at that point but earlier in the round you can get in and be able to kind of get off some positions you might not like no absolutely I think one of the other things here that's a little bit different that you'll hear uh, us talk about here on this show, you'll hear Wes and Brady talk about on theirs and stuff like that. So listen, in these other sports, we try to avoid recency bias. We try to avoid what we're looking at and, and, and the last thing we saw as, as as clouding what we think of our judgment is. Well, we change the terminology whenever we do, do it for golf, but it's basically the same thing. And we talk about a golfer's form and, and how are they coming into this mm-hmm. tournament, right? And that is essentially just a different look at it, a recency bias, but it, it plays into golf much, much more than it does when we're handicapping yeah. football and basketball and baseball 
baseball and different things like that because these golfers, it's very, have you ever hit a golf ball? It's very hard. Mm-hmm. And you get one little tweak going mm-hmm. the wrong way and things can go off track for a month. You know, we've seen guys that are just going horrible stretches, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's one of those deals where we do look at form and that is more recency for these guys and stuff, but it is incredibly I'm important. I'm glad you mentioned recent form mm-hmm. too because I often found that maybe one little tweak I've tried to make in my handicapping is I maybe focused a little bit too much on recent form mm-hmm. or felt I was doing that. Oftentimes, like course form mm-hmm. is more important than recent form because recent form gets priced in. If you have a guy, oh, he just lost last week. If anything, you know, you talk about hitting a golf ball is very hard. It's also hard to get over losing a tournament when you're mm-hmm. so close because it's hard to win tournaments <laughs> on the PGA yeah. Tour, the DP World Tour, or wherever. So sometimes that's hard to get over, like on a bounce back the very following week. It's like when you lose in a playoff and then you got to come back the next week and do it all over again. You're thinking about the one that got away. Yeah, so we're, we're you know, you'll hear us talk about all kinds of different things. We'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll preview this tournament here. After we talk to Eric Eager, Dr. Mr. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, we'll see what he thinks about NFL Week 18's primetime action here on Beeson. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.